here's a horse. Learn to commune with it. We will teach you the ways of the horse. <laughs> wow. Look deeply into the horse's eyes. <laughs> See yourself reflected in its soul. Welcome to Naughty Kids, the podcast where we explore the best of that halcyon age when things were better, dungarees were worse, and the Spice Girls ruled with an iron fist. And of course, where iPads recorded what they were meant to record, not for the third time lucky, but for the first time. Anyway, it is of course the late 90s and early noughties. Thank you for that confusing interlude. I'm Josh Hinton, 1994 to present. And I'm Joey Hart, 1994 to be or not to be. That's the question. Anyway, this week we're going to take a walk down memory lane again and discussing school again. Again, because last time there was so much to talk about around school that we didn't oh. finish. Now, for those of you who are wondering what my colleague's bizarre outburst a second ago was, this is in fact the third attempt we have now made to record this particular episode of the podcast. Uh, because... Am I meant to be recording now? <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> Don't make me drive there. I will defy <laughs> government regulations and drive from London all the way up to where you are and I will strangle you. Stay safe. Stay at home. Protect the NHS. Protect the Joey and his rubbish, rubbish technology. Thank you. No, I have been recording. It's fine. In fact, the first two times was also a joke. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, not very no. funny. Now. Not funny at all. It's becoming History a tradition. projects. No, no. It's becoming a tradition on this on this show to have, oh. to have a Foley noise before we begin. So let me see if I can get some coffee into this. Hang on. I've got a bit more coffee here. Do a lovely pour. Give us a sense of place and space. Oh. Delicious hot morning coffee. Mm. Mad Berry. Very good. <laughs> Lovely. So that fairly worked quite well, I think. That was that was great. Yeah, that was nice. I I feel like I'm drinking hot coffee. Good, good, good. Um, well, w- listeners, welcome to the uh, the sweet the sweet sound of Saturday morning with hot coffee and friends as we discuss the late nineties and early noughties. And yes, as you briefly attempted attempted or possibly attempted to uh, say. This week, we are going to kick off by talking about history projects, because they are a joy, because they were fun, because they were a little island of light in the middle of the drudgery of maths problems. And uh, no, I like they... the maths problems, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> That's true. You did. You did like the maths problems, didn't you? We'll I do think. a whole podcast just on maths problems. That would be, oh, that'd be enjoyable. fun we'll have. Oh, absolutely. So go on. You've tried on multiple occasions now to tell us about your history projects. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us again. Go on. It's all right. That's all in the past now. Um, history projects were great. I loved history projects. We, um, I always went a bit overboard with it with a good history project and would make things for it, just to demonstrate my superiority in the world of historyness. <laughs> so we had the the ones that stand out to me were we did one on a medieval castle, where I made a scale model about three feet long, two feet wide of a medieval castle. And it was beautiful. It was modrock. It was plaster of Paris. It was paint. It was oh scattered from my model railway to make it perfect. <laughs> you, um, scat- you scattered trains all over it. I scattered trains. And it would always have some sort of water feature because I had this tin of, or rather my father had this tin of uh, water-based varnish, which was a revelation. Uh, no more the days of diluting things with uh, turpentine substitute. Oh, yes. We've all felt that you pain. Could... Well, exactly. Exactly. Um, you could now create realistic water effects um, and then wash the brush afterwards, which is incredible. 
Anyway, so that was, that was the medieval castle. I also did. Oh, we do cover the issues, don't we? We cover the hard-hitting issues of the day, <laughs> such as children's history projects from the late nineties and early noughties. Uh, what was the next one? Yes. Uh, 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 did you did brain. you by any chance do a First World War trench diorama? Do you know what? I did do a First World War? You know, I you wonder it. how I know that. That's incredible. Well, can you tell me more about this uh, project that I, I did? I believe it was a scale model and included cross sections and it did other things. It was great. It was fantastic. It looked muddy because I'd varnished it with uh, an excellent water-based varnish. Um, tell us more bit. about this water-based <laughs> varnish. I want to know more. <laughs> uh, Naughty Skids, brought to you by water-based varnish. <laughs> <laughs> Got to start somewhere, kids. Very good. Very good. It was great, and it had I had it had an airfix sort with camel on a little wire, so that it looked like it was flying over the battlefield. Oh. And then it had all the little men that I'd painted, which were little soldier figures, and I'd built a little uh, artillery gun in the background, and I'd planned it all out on paper. I've still got the drawings for it in in the shed. I found them the other day. That's all very exciting, Sam. In color, for some reason, I drew the drawing, the plans for it in color. Wow, you had a lot of spare time. Like, I made this bit out of the lid of a pot, and then this bit is the top of a you know milk bottle, and then this is a bit of drinking straw with a bit of wood attached to it to make. And it was fantastic. It was all on a budget. It was all fun. That's fantastic. That does sound but very good, in fairness. That year was, I think, the third year of doing these projects, and I was not the only person to bring a realistic trench diorama. Oh no! Uh, another student by the name of Jonathan. Um, brought one as well his was one meter square but wow. for some reason he'd modeled the desert was there and was so there he, any desert in the first not World that War? i'm aware of now i there might was, be wrong there was definitely a front in mesopotamia wasn't there i don't think that's what he was modeling not by the type of sand he'd chosen <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know mesopotamian sand and i see it and it wasn't that <laughs> So, so he had his, but it didn't, it didn't, it didn't match, and mostly because my model was paired with an excellent, excellent thing. So we had to produce a, a paper-based booklet, and my paper-based booklet looked. I'd modelled it after a model rail magazine, so I'd stolen all the formatting and colour types and font styles, and then adjusted it slightly for trench warfare. And mine was called, I think it was called Trench. No, no, it wasn't. It was, it was, it had a pun. The name of mine. Was a pun. It was oh, called brilliant. "Over the Top." Ah, very good, very good. I can see how pleased you are with yourself, <laughs> listeners. You can't I see his so face, pleased. but he's very pleased with himself. Imagine smugness mixed with complete happiness, happiness. <laughs> um, and it was fantastic because not only that, but it came with an interactive CD-ROM. Oh yes, the interactive CD-ROM that our non-existent first take listeners have already heard about. Do tell us oh. about about the, the interactive, interactive CD-ROM that you managed to create in the late 90s and or early noughties. So in the late 90s and early noughties, as our listeners who were around in the late 90s and early noughties will remember, uh, computing power was limited. And what you could actually achieve days. on virtually nothing apart from Microsoft Word was uh, limited. But, but for those magicians who knew the, the arcane rights involved in you know, operating PowerPoint, um, there was much fun to be had, and you could set up animations. No, no great surprise to anyone. I mean, children from the late nineties and early noughties will, of course, remember many powerpoints at school with that kind of car crash sound effect, 
and things zipping from side to side. Oh yes, oh yes, that I do remember. Um, and you and you, but, I just remember you could you could do the thing, couldn't you? Where once you'd put a thing on the PowerPoint, you could draw a track for it to follow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so this the number is... of times the PowerPoint would start with it saying like just... what I did on my holidays, and then it would go <laughs> all over It'd the just screen, wiggle around its <laughs> no speed whatsoever. Yeah. Where exactly. PowerPoint back then was fun. in PowerPoints go. I feel like we 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 all became adults and said no, PowerPoints shouldn't do that anymore. But that was the best it's... bit about PowerPoints, wasn't it? Exactly. It's it's a sad sad time that we live in now. But let but us you, return. You made the most of it for your history project. You said I there did. shall be transitions galore. There shall be. But not only this, it wasn't a, a traditional PowerPoint where you went from one slide to the next in a linear fashion. No. No. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. It had it had <laughs> buttons. You could put buttons in on Microsoft which would take you from one particular slide to another particular slide because at this oh, point PowerPoint future. was not just for producing terribly boring PowerPoint presentations. It also was for making many other things. And so there was all these kind of business settings in PowerPoint that normal people didn't really ever use, but you could. And so you could choose to have menus. So I made a slide which was a menu kind of content slide and he clicked it and a sound happened and, a, and an animation happened and then it took you to the right page of information. I do and remember there was that a... being a thing, yeah, that nobody used, like you say, but is, yeah. that, why, is that why it was called PowerPoint? Is that why it's not called slideshow? Is it because it, it had all this stuff like you know pow, so. power, you know like getting straight know, to the point, automation yeah. related <laughs> power, you know? Because there's an automation program called Power BI. This is terribly boring, but yes, very interesting. And so you created it, and your teacher looked at you and said, "Why don't you oh. go outside and play with your friends?" <laughs> the the teacher was the least impressed person in the room. <laughs> Because he put it up on the screen because I was like, sir, sir, I have this this disc, he, this interactive DVD. Internally he died. <laughs> and he fired up the overhead projector, which was brand new because you could actually put, you could that, now yes. you could now put the, the computer screen on the wall. This yes. Was, this oh, was, man, those are the days, weren't they? Was, you know, it wasn't just acetate anymore. And um, I was very disappointed because he loaded it up and immediately just scrolled through it with the scrolling wheel on his mouse and completely negated all of the animation and buttons. <laughs> and oh, I was like, no, no, no. Look, there's clearly a loading screen saying loading. Just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't skip past it just because you can. Because you, you can't lock out the scrolling wheel. It's not one of the options. <laughs> that, has, <laughs> that has reminded but, me of my my teacher in year six was... I mean, we we used to joke that he was actually going to marry his smart board. He was so excited about getting a smart board when they were new. And I just remember we used to... He used to did you have carpet time at primary school where you would leave your for seats? The bit, yeah, for the little bit of primary school that I was in state, yes. Right, yeah. Yes, we did. And I, I hated it because you'd just sit there for an hour and listen to the teacher talk and you weren't allowed to do anything. You had to sit there quietly and it was boring. And when we got the smart board, it got like... 10 times longer because he just loved the smart board and he just wanted to sit there pressing buttons on it and watching things happen. And do you remember how it had the pens that you could invert his comments? Oh, yeah, the terrible, they made a horrible clack as they hit the the board. And and were so inaccurate, like they were utterly impossible to use. And so he'd be sitting there trying to do the like lesson notes on the board and it would just. And there was like three different colors and a wiper one. 
That's right. Yeah. And they were all, and the dot was always six inches away from where the pen was. Exactly. They, quite, they had never calibrated no, it properly. Never. And, and nobody and... ever tried to recalibrate it. They just operated it with this handicap. And they were like, okay, I'll just have to live my <laughs> exactly, life yeah. six inches to the right of where I want to be. And some people, in fairness, over time, I do remember at secondary school, some people could. They got the hang of it. They get didn't the hang bother of it, recalibrating. Yeah. They just did it. They must have had to like visualize in their minds what they were writing and know that somewhere to their left it was appearing on the board. <laughs> they were just there like scribbling away on nothing oh it was so stupid but it was. Um, I, I have one memory from carpet time which was to sit cross-legged um to extract a single fiber from the cuff of my jumper wrap it around two fingers like a mini garrote and then slowly cheese wire corners off my shoes <laughs> yes you yes, would slowly or... saw the corner off the sole of your shoe absolutely or, or you just wrap the thread around your fingers until they went purple yeah <laughs> see, see how long you can keep it there for and then you take it off and your fingers will be all ridged stupid yes. things that kids do uh did you do history during carpet time let's try and bring oh yes yeah. Hist- history projects i've sort of run out of history project stories i don't i don't i don't remember that many um did I, you I just... did you never go overboard with your history project no not really no no we didn't really get given oh it's not really a history project but it is an interesting sort of sign of how society has potentially moved on since the late 90s and or early noughties which i do mm-hmm. remember in primary school uh pretty early on i think you know like year one or year two uh doing african masks oh uh, right yeah making african masks out of cardboard which was probably fairly racially insensitive um, yes because africa that that singular place where every where the, that shares one culture that's right and we learned and nothing about people. you know such masks as as are created in Africa, we learn nothing about you know who makes them or why they make them or what the culture behind mm. them is. It was just they have masks in Africa and we're going to make some. <laughs> <laughs> yes, an yes, Aboriginal art we did as well, which was art, but you could only use dots. Oh yes, we did that. Did you papi mache a plate and then and oh. then paint paint oh, on no, it? We built no, we had um, pieces of wood already cut out in boomerang shapes and then we Ooh. we painted on them. But yes, drops, drops of paint, because that's all we could. That's, that's all the right. Aborigines, of course, could do. So that's all we. Could. Uh, yes, <laughs> so that's right. It was we, so narrow. I remember having to ask Mum for a plate that she didn't want to see ever again because I had to cover it in papier mâché and leave it covered in papier mâché. Oh, you didn't unpeel nope. from the plate later. <laughs> so I mean, it's probably gone in the bin now. But for many years in my house, there was this, yeah, plate wrapped in stuff and with with a yeah. salamander painted on it. Sitting in, sitting in one side of the room. And then once you got to secondary school, all you did was, in history, was one word. Let's see if it was the same for you. Uh, I don't know. Clearly what, it wasn't. What? Hitler. No. Hitler. We didn't. We never did Hitler, because I didn't do GCSE history. <laughs> oh, really? And, okay. and Hitler was, you know, he's, he's primetime history. <laughs> So only Tudor, um, what was called enclosure laws and that. We did the 1960s. What? So we got to listen to 1960s music, and we learned about. It was really fun, and we learned a bit about the Cold War. Um, but I seem to remember we didn't do that for very long, and I can't remember why. We had a great summer school actually, which we did in the summer holidays, which was all about the 60s, and we got to go to all the. We went on a trip to Liverpool. And we went to nice. all the different pubs that the Beatles played in. That's really cool. 
like the first one, I don't know, was it Cavern Club or whatever it was called. Yeah, Cavern, and, Cavern Club, yeah. And we went to we went to their museum on on the side of the Mersey, and we did all of that kind of Beatlesy things while dressed in nineteen sixties dress. How how does we that then, how does that work? How do, what 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 is nineteen sixties dress for? I don't know. Stripe top and a, and a stripe top and a string of onions around your neck. I think wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, which was great. We we loved it. and we also we also recorded a, a single. What amazing! Um, so we formed bands. We learned instruments. I mean, I could just about play the drums at this point, which wowed everybody because they were going to learn to play the drums, and I'd played it before. Amazing. Not not a lot. No, not had lessons at this point, but I played the drums, and we formed these little bands. It's about twenty kids, and we had bands of about five people. And one person learned to sing. One person played the guitar. One person played the bass. One person on the drums, and one person on the keyboard, kind of thing. And they learned just enough chords or just enough notes. And we wrote a song. That is amazing. How long was the project? Ha- I had it on CD. Well, it, this was a summer school, oh, so we were. It was in the holidays for the for the really cool kids who who wanted to carry on learning. I wasn't going to pro- uh, probe you about why you were at summer school because it doesn't sound like a very common thing to do. But I thought maybe it's just private school. Maybe you have to. This wasn't private school. This was at at state. Goodness me! For the for the couple of years that I was there in the late noughties. It was it was great. It was a really good summer school, and they had record players, and they played loads of records, and we analysed the lyrics to, so we could write our own nineteen sixties style lyrics. Amazing, that's it so cool. Brilliant. It was really cool. Oh, very. I'm very. I'm very jealous. I I never really previously sort of felt like there was all that much credence to the whole um, you know vast chasm between the experiences of although you did just say that was state school but between the experiences of state school and uh, and private school pupils but hearing mm. your experiences compared to mine which were ba- mine were basically like we were sort of given some paper and pens and told you know don't spike yourself in the eye and yours were like yeah. here's here's a horse learn to commune with it we will teach you the ways <laughs> of the horse <laughs> wow. look deeply into the horse's eyes <laughs> see yourself reflected <laughs> in its soul form yes. a bond become one with the horse <laughs> Break time, games, and how time was spent at lunchtime. This That's is a break time, games, and how time was spent at lunchtime. The mystery voice for listeners at home. <laughs> the mystery voice. That's break time. That is that's more, the mystery voice is a bit more whispery. He's like yes. really close to the microphone. That's break time, games, and how time was spent at lunchtime. <laughs> the mystery voice. The mystery voice. Yes. Which which some of our listeners will get. That is a reference to a reference to name, names and addresses on a postcard, please, with responses to what that was. This was a very important part of life, wasn't it? This was really, you know, particularly at primary school. This was the extent of your yes. social life, wasn't it? Really, I mean, I suppose not not entirely. I suppose during the summer, you know, there was playing out. But I mean, you say social life. I say by myself in the design and technology department <laughs> building a trebuchet. <laughs> Yes, I probably should have just done that. I probably should have just said, Do you know what, sod it, I'm going to go and build a trebuchet. That sounds because like a very I spent, good idea. But... I did the classic school thing, and I, I, I watch this now as a, as a teacher and lament over how boring it is. But children, and we did this, children <laughs> do just stand around at break time. Or run or, around, more accurately. Or run around a bit. Well, no, not even, I don't see a great deal of running around anymore. Really? But, they just stand around in groups looking miserable. Well, hang on, you're I, teaching, you're teaching secondary this. school, aren't you? 
I'm teaching secondary school, but yes. it's, it's, it's yeah. Because so pri- primary the school was was the running around, wasn't it? There's a lot of running around. That was what I hated. Because secondary school was all right. Because once you go to secondary school, yes, you could just stand and be miserable, which I was, and I wanted to, so I did. I you see. I didn't subscribe to standing and being miserable. But you're right. In, in prime, in yeah, the smaller you are, the more you run around. And, did and it, you, the whole, I the whole, it's like a, it's like a caste system. Don't you think at primary school? It's like a caste system where the faster you can run, the closer you are to God, and. <laughs> <laughs> the slower you are, the more of an untouchable you are. And if you are very slow, then, you know, you, you might as well go and clean the toilets because that's how much social value you have. And and I was very slow at running. And so my entire existence was plagued by this inability to catch other people when they decided to move quickly. Yes. And, and you look back at it and you think it's such a bizarre scenario, really, isn't it? But it, but it, that was the case. It was, it was just... That was that. If you couldn't well, run quickly... Games. All games yeah. involved running. Football involved running. Tag involved running. Well, we called it TIG. TIG involved running. Bulldog involved running. All of the games involved running. Blocky. Blocky was the worst. Do you ever play Blocky? I Which think was, it's the same as Bulldog. It was like hide and seek, but with running, because it had to have running, because it was kids. And you would yep. play hide and seek, and if the person caught you, instead of saying, I've caught you, and you're going, gull, and just, you know, that's the end of it. Uh, you then had to catch them before they managed to get back to the base. And if they got back to the base first, then you were on next time. Oh, yes. No, and we did that play meant Blocky. Yes. You were then condemned to run after everyone for the rest of eternity because they were all faster than you. <laughs> I know. And awful. should you go, this is silly. I'm not going to play this anymore. You were you were viewed as a heathen. Yes. Outcast. And an outsider. Exactly. A, no, a, you must you must run. Apostate. And we will laugh at you. <laughs> yes, an apostate and a and a and a, and a dangerous in- influence on the status quo. Yeah, absolutely. But I can't remember one other thing that was really fun at primary school, apart from the running around, which was abysmal. Mm-hmm. Which was when we were out on the field, when they had cut the grass, and there was a lot of um, dry <laughs> grass lying around because they, for some reason, their lawnmowers didn't pick it up. They just left it on the field. We'd yep. spend ages making mazes. And building like dens oh, and wow. forts and stuff out of the grass. It was brilliant. You'd pile it all up and, and turn it into like, you know, you could make things out of it because it would all just sort of stack up together. So we'd, we'd make mazes particularly, I remember. You'd do, do a lot of that. Um, and it would only last for a couple of days, obviously, but it was it was brilliant. It was such fun. I don't think I ever did that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, we well, don't have grass in the uh, DT room. That's probably why. No, probably not. No, but I did. I built. I built many things in the DT room because I became because the the DT teacher was also my form tutor, which I think helped. So he was aware of just how fantastic brackets weird um, I was, and so he would he would let me just work in the workshop. And his his office was off to the side of the workshop, so he just stayed in his office, and I had the whole workshop to myself. And I built things. It was great. I built model railway engines. I you know I built. I built a Robot Wars robot. Oh, wow. It's quite small, based on a radio-controlled car and some vacuum forming and some bits that I'd made, and it zoomed around the floor, and it was great fun. How was it Um, it armed? Was it armed with something? um, No, I never got round to the actual arming of it because I ran out of electronics at that point. You see, the radio-controlled car would move it around the floor, but it offered nothing else. Yes, you, yes. You do need so a it was a we- it was a wedge. It was a wedge shaped robot. Again, I've got all the drawings right in the book. <laughs> um, so one day you can recreate it. And, so one uh, day I can recreate it. Yeah, and it was great. It was great. Um, but yeah, I built a trebuchet. That was the best one. That's very um, impressive. How, made, how big? 
it was made of all the offcuts in the scrap box and it was about a meter long maybe a bit less and it could lob things about 20 meters that's very impressive 20 meters that's a long way yeah and i and i realize now that the the you know there's probably some health and safety issues with children creating siege weapons <laughs> um not back then there wasn't but it was great because I, I i tested it indoors and I went this is great you know it'll go from one side of the classroom to the other so i just took it outside and i walked around the school trying to find nice spots picked up a bunch of stones and was happily flinging stones around the school using a miniature trebuchet. <laughs> and then I car- carried it back to the DT department, put it back on you know my little bit of a shelf that I could store all my bits and bobs. That's very and, good. Um, and that was that. And at no point did any teacher come to me and go, why Why are you flying rocks around the school using a, a catapult, a, 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 a small trebuchet? That has reminded me of a good story. So uh, talking of you know, rocks and throwing things around, I remember what uh, everyone one of the places one of the very few places that was indoors that we could get to in primary school that we could shelter in if it was mm. raining and cold. You know how you know how it had to be really absolutely thunderously hammering it down for them to do wet play and put you inside and give you coloring books and that. There had to be a severe weather warning. They did, yeah. Um there had to be a death of ac- danger of actual death by hypothermia. Um or drowning. Or dr- <laughs> go on, out you go splash. Um <laughs> I remember in primary school coming back in and like putting my jumper and my socks on the radio oh, yeah. in the classroom to that's dry right. them off because we've got that wet. Yeah, that's right. It was so yeah, inhumane. But anyway, yeah, one of the places you could hide in our in our school was there was a cloakroom and that had a door that communicated directly with the playground with the playground. So if there wasn't a teacher in and it was like slightly round the side. Ah. So so the dinner ladies couldn't work you know, couldn't really see. So you could you could go if you got around there. You could go yes, into without the being room, spotted, and there was no teachers in the playground, and um, and so we spent quite a lot of time in there. And I remember once I had a I had a rock that I picked up in the playground for whatever reason, and in the sort of you know thoughtful, investigatory way that small children do, investigating the world around them, and you know, mm. you know, I just started sort of hitting things with it, not like really hard, but just sort of bashing it against things. Clang bang clack. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Exactly, yeah. And and one of the things I did was I. I bashed it against there was like you know the cloak cloak uh, hook racks yes um the kind of old was, are we talking kind of old you know wrought iron no no it was it was like a wooden a wooden plank stuck to the wall with, with hooks coming out of it and i bashed it against oh, okay. the wood sorry sorry right bashed yeah. it against the wood made a small dent as you would in a in a piece of yeah. wood with a rock not a big deal of course and for the life of me, I cannot remember how this teacher ended up finding out. But one of our teachers came. Actually, it was the same teacher who couldn't do maths. She came in and and yeah. found us and was. She was didn't ang- put two and two together. She did this time. She and did. She, she was angry with us for being inside because that was like against the rules of fair play. You couldn't have counted on that. But then, but then somebody told her, or I, or she noticed, or whatever, that I'd made a small dent in the wood with this. It all added this together. Rock. And. Oh my gosh! She went bananas. She shouted at me for a good a good five minutes about vandalism and destroying school property and such and such. And then she made me stay in in for the rest of that playtime and write a letter of apology for putting oh, a wow. tiny little dent. I mean, a tiny little dent um, to the headmistress. And did you link your actions uh, to your consequence? Did you did you understand? Well, this was the funny thing because the consequence was a bit of an anticlimax because she made me write this letter to the headmistress and 
the headmistress. And from that spawned a love of writing and <laughs> literacy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, from that spawned a love that I was like, no, no. <laughs> no love between me and the headmistress. She was terrified. Dearest Our Margaret, I'm writing to you on a, on a matter most close to me heart. <laughs> For a it long is... time, I've been putting notches in bits of wood in the hope in that the you'll notice you would my notice. amazing artistry. <laughs> Why won't you look at me? <laughs> <laughs> what Cupid is this that has found mine lumps in the, in the wood and sent me to thee <laughs> no she was an absolute battle axe she was the second battle axe i've described on this podcast she was she was terrifying she had a beard like she was she was wow okay was she, she, she a woman she was just about i mean she didn't and she wasn't the kind of head teacher who was like friends with all the children you know she didn't sort of come around and say hello children how's your how's your montessori lesson going she was like oi you know she she was one great big walking oi and yes, there was, so being you could sent... hear dun 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 as she walked down the corridor. That's right, Flight of the Valkyries. And so being sent to her was was terrifying. It really was trunchbull territory. So I was there, you know, shaking like a leaf from a piece of paper, flappity flappity flap. Because I was a good boy, you know, I didn't get sent to that teacher. Well, exactly, yeah. And I went up to her and was like, and she looked at me and was like, what, why are you here? And I went, oh, it's a dent in the wood, and then after, I'm sorry, and gave her the piece of paper. And I do, I just remember looking at me and being like, right, go away. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just going home the evening going, why do I do this? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. I have children apologizing to me for dents in wood. And, uh, and that was, that was it. But it was, it was, you know, one of the closest times I ever came to, oh, and the other one, sorry, I'm, I know I'm going two in a row here, but I'm going to do it because it's a good, a good segue. Go for it. Go for it. The only other time I got sent to her in my seven years of primary school, Pokemon cards. Remember I Pokemon remember. cards? Ooh. I do remember Pokemon cards. More valuable than gold. Than gold itself. And, uh, and I had a, you know, as everyone did, I had a big stack of them with a rubber band around it. Did you and have Charizard? That's the main question. Charizard certainly passed through my hands. I remember at one point too rashly trading the Charizard for something else. And realising the error of your ways. And regretting it afterwards, yeah. But anyway, I, I had the I had the, the the other thing I used to do, did you used to do, I don't know if you guys had them, but with any kind of trading card thing, did you ever used to do the thing where you'd say swap collections and we'll go through and I'll pick out the ones I don't that I want and we can talk about trades. Oh no no no! So we you, yeah we used to, it was quite a common thing you know you'd, you'd give them your collection they give you yours theirs and you would go through and you'd say I oh, want wow this, that's a lot that. of trust you, well exactly yeah. and that was exactly the thing you used to just put a couple in your pocket as you were going through <laughs> you'd be like oh he's got oh, two, he's got two of them he won't notice if I take one <laughs> fantastic so, anyway and of course he would have noticed because everyone knew exactly what yes, they had in that deck of cards absolutely I also remember the smell of the football stickers they were the other ones the Pag- Paganini Pagani, Pag- whatever they were, um, Panini, um, uh, Panini football stickers. Panini yeah, football yeah. stickers, yeah. And we never had those. They they had a really particular smell, the glue, I presume, that was in them. They smelled really sort of slightly carcinogenic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Feel your life like decreasing. A concerning but interesting smell. Exactly. That's a very good way of putting it. Yes. And um, <laughs> anyway, the point of this story was, I had my my pack of them, and I was talking to somebody about them, and they slipped out of my hands on the playground and so there was this big you know swoosh they all fell on the floor and they all yeah. spread around and and get i get him go get him go go get him it's like you were there honestly it's like i'm getting flashbacks you were there man and 
and yes, yeah, so everyone started sort of joke scrabbling around, but you know, sort of scrabbling to pick up my cards and nick them. And I was in the middle of this circle of jeering people, and I was, you know, yeah. bright red and just, oh my yeah. gosh, this is so embarrassing, and my cards are so precious, and trying to gather this them up. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Exactly. Child. And I remember one one boy um, called Craig was behind me, um, laughing and trying to pick up my cards. And in a moment yeah. of a moment of peak, a moment of madness, I kicked out backwards like a horse. <laughs> oh my goodness. And absolutely smashed him in the face with my foot. Square, <laughs> square on. Good gravy. Bam, right in his nose. And um, yeah, so we were hauled up in front of the head, the head teacher. And I was, oh man, I was disconsolate. I was, I was. She was like, it's you, that <laughs> stone boy. <laughs> Are you bound and... <laughs> no, I just embarked on that quote and then failed to remember the rest of it. Uh, anyway, yes, and I was I was utterly utterly disconsolate because I was in trouble and I didn't like being in trouble. I was you know, weeping, and he he was all right. He was okay. He was he wasn't really crying, but I was I was in bits. So yeah, those are my those are oh, my gosh. two two playground related incidents. We never the... had we never had football cards, but I do. We had James Bond cards for some reason. Got very Ooh. popular. Where um, did, they, did you get them from the newsagent? They must have been. Well, I with all of these cards, I never bought any myself. And yet, I somehow managed to amass collections and Absolutely. then lose collections. You, they, you got them, and then they all disappeared again. Yeah. And you were just a custodian of these <laughs> these precious precious items. It was um, good trading for being, you know, on the uh, on the London Stock Exchange. If you happen to exactly, get there. yeah. Um, I do, but in terms of, of dropping everything and then not being able to find it on the playground, the only thing I ever dropped on the playground and wasn't able to find was one of my own teeth. Oh. Because in primary school. You know, obviously your teeth. You know, oh, you're, oh getting, okay. you're getting your adult teeth. So I had a wobbly tooth, and sometimes, and at, right near the end of break, it came out, but it fell on the floor, right? <laughs> and I couldn't find it, and I was mortified because I knew if I'd gone home, I would not get that little twenty or fifty pence wrapped up in a piece of toilet roll. That's exactly how my, my tooth fairy <laughs> did it as well. But, but the amazing thing with my tooth fairy was, I always used to wrap up my tooth in toilet roll, neatly in a square, and wrap it in sellotape because that's what I had in my room and then it would always arrive as money wrapped in masking tape <laughs> and this always confused me because I thought but my dad's the only person who has masking tape oh, oh, oh Nancy Drew how is it that these <laughs> these tooth fairies um, well I mean I realise now you know of course with the um, maturity that age brings that the tooth fairies of course were actually just being very you know uh, uh, environment conscious that's right know, yes they wanted to reduce the number of single-use plastics. Yeah, you can, of um, course, buy masking tape in Fairyland. No, exactly. A masking tape is paper-based rather than plastic-based and therefore is biodegradable, which is which is a good thing. Yes. Um, but you only realise these things as adults. Yes. Um, yes as, a, as a child, it just used to bemuse me. I think this brings us on to discipline. I think we've talked about discipline a bit here. Discipline. Now, I, I, as we've discussed, went to a proper school. Uh, sorry, a private school. Um, but before that, I went to the, the local comprehensive, which was in Richmond. St. Murderson Towers. It was, it was fantastic. And I was there, reception, year one, year two. Uh, during this time, side note, I was the star in the school production of The Rainbow Fish. <laughs> oh, what? The, the, do you know the book, The Rainbow Fish? Oh, yes, no, I do remember that. Yes, yes. I was Give away my say... scales, my beautiful, shiny scales. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you played, and I was the you rainbow Alan fish. Bennett, did you, in the play? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this beautiful, this beautiful shiny rainbow scales. fish. <laughs> <laughs> I was there trying to give my scales away, but they didn't agree. <laughs> Father had built me a fin for my back, held on with a leather belt. <laughs> The other children were jealous, but I believe that was the moral of the story. <laughs> Very good. Uh, okay, yeah, so you were presumably the fish. We question. have it on video. It's fantastic. Oh, We've amazing. watched it many times. Did your, yeah. parent, did your parents have to make you a rainbow fish costume? They made me a rainbow fish costume. It was a t-shirt, um, which had uh, Velcro patches, I think, on it, so that I could put my, my scale, because you have to give away my shiny scales, right. my beautiful shiny scales, as, as you go along. Mutilate yourself, rip parts of your body off, and give it was them great. to... It, I seem to remember it just involved a lot of walking up and down the front of the school hall um, as, as I swam and I would encounter other fish and have interactions with them. Initially bad and then by the end, excellent. It's an interesting moral because I think the idea is it's about sharing. Right, sharing um, parts of your body. Sharing parts of your body. Um, uh, mutilation, I think, is one of the main themes of the storyline. Encouraging uh, children pe- to cut off their oh, favourite body parts and give them to others. Yeah, exactly. Uh, other fish being utterly unreasonable in saying you're beautiful, <laughs> make yourself less beautiful so that we can be beautiful too. Oh, so it's like it's 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 Marxism. I think it is. Re- looking back, it is not. It's not a good moral. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. You there? Story. Nature has given you advantages. Remove them from yourself and share them with because the group. Because the, at, at the end of the story, the rainbow fish has no more shiny scales and everyone else has one shiny scale or he has one left and everybody's the same and everyone's just as beautiful as everyone else that's very interesting what is the what's the mm, what's the lesson the moral it's questionable because if it was that the rainbow fish you know the fish had been given something by somebody that it could it could share exactly like like the little red hen making a cake if you put some effort into helping her then you get the rewards of yes but if you're that makes sense but just naturally have something that others like yes. i'm i am tall and i know short yes. people does that you mean i should give be... some of your height to yeah. others so we're all the same height <laughs> it is very <laughs> communist it's concerningly as you but say it's not even communist is it because communism implies that you are receiving wealth from somewhere not that it's inherently given to you <laughs> it's very well, okay strange. communism on day one <laughs> yes yes communism on day one how, how very <laughs> odd it, it's bizarre it was generally bizarre but the important thing was I was the rainbow fish and therefore the most important person. Well done, bravo. And that was the peak of your life. That was the well, it's the peak of my acting career. On certainly. your wedding day, did you stand there at the at the altar thinking, it's quite good this, but it'll never top the rainbow fish. It's not rainbow fish, is it? No. No. I'm not giving away this shiny scale. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, I was only at that school for the 3 years, but I was very badly behaved. Right. So whereas you you know, try to attract the attention of the beautiful headmistress by by making a dent in a piece of wood. Um, I was just poorly behaved. I I achieved, you know, my artwork was the best. My painting of some daffodils, which proudly hung in my um, grandma's kitchen for many years, um, was superior to the others. Um, theirs was just green and yellow splodges. Mine was accurate. You could tell it was some beautiful daffodils. Bravo. But the problem was I was also quite quick at working. And so I do my work very well, finish very quickly, and then just mess about and just do whatever the hell I fancied. Um, so I just walk around the room, go and find something more interesting to do, and then do it. Which, of course, drove my teachers completely nutty. And the same at break times. I would find more interesting things to do. So I worked out that if you broke a branch off the tree in the playground, you could use it to more efficiently dig holes. 
That makes a lot of sense. Which makes a lot of sense. And as a child, I went, I want to make a little you know, little campfire area. I've collected some rocks to make a circle. I'm going to dig out the grass in the middle so it looks more like a campfire. And I'll arrange some sticks. Never thought about lighting it. I wasn't I wasn't mad. Um, but, you know, what you, you, what you mean to... is you didn't have a lighter. That's exactly what I mean. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. 100% right. Um, at this point, unfortunately, I had no friends who smoked. So, you know. Aged three. Aged, aged six. <laughs> I was unable to light fires in the playground. A shame. But that's the sort of thing. It, and this upset my teachers because digging a hole in the middle of the football field um, was considered... Um, it caused there to the, be a you know, hole in the middle of the football field. I mean, frankly, unsporting. Yes, yes. It is a way of winning, I suppose, by trapping your no, opponents in it a wasn't, trap. It wasn't cricket and neither was it football. And yes. That was the problem. Unfortunate. Um, so, so this sort of thing happened a lot, and um, my parents realised that it, it, this wasn't working, which is why they sent me to private school. So I, I was sent to private school uh, to to better myself and become less. Uh, Where well, they still use the carpet beater as a form of education. Well, I don't, I can't remember the difference, but I know that I was better behaved, and for one simple reason is I wanted to impress the teachers at this new school. And I, I had never had this interest at the last place. I wanted their admiration. I wanted them to say, well done, you've done incredibly well. Praise. I wanted their praise. So your parents basically just sort of, they, they, they had you down cold. They knew that your ego was your driving force. And so they Apparently said, so. let's put him Apparently. on a stage where he'll have so much work to do to look good that he won't have time to be awkward. And it bloody well worked, I have to tell you. <laughs> Here I Roy am Bay. now. My behaviour now is fantastic. I haven't played up and dug a hole in the garden for quite some time. <laughs> I think your landlord might beg to differ. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. So yes, discipline was quite different. I was badly behaved, did get told off a lot, spent a lot of time standing facing the wall in the corridor at oh, primary no. school. Absolutely not at all. I, I can I probably only remember four or five times that I was properly told off at school. I mean, you know, there are always like little bits and bobs where you were behaving badly. But I remember once being sent into the corridor in secondary school uh, in in year nine, yeah. I think, um, to to venture towards the the late uh, noughties rather than the early noughties. And uh, and I remember the shock being so intense that I, I I literally did the cartoon thing of looking behind me to see who the teacher was talking to. <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't oh, me yeah. that got sent out into the class, and and one of my friends had already been sent out for misbehaving. When I when I appeared, he assumed I'd been sent to go and get him to bring him back. And when I told him I was there to join him, he was he was exultant. <laughs> he thought it was hilarious. Well, you know, once I'd once I'd realised that um, praise was better than punishment, um, from there from there on in, it was it was fantastic, and I would strive to get. Badges. Ah, a segue. A segue. Something else that I didn't have in my school. <laughs> Badge, you couldn't afford the metal. That's... <laughs> <laughs> we had pieces of cardboard and we wrote on it, special boy. <laughs> special boy. Spelt incorrectly. Boy with an I. <laughs> special boy. <laughs> that was another thing at school. Everything had to be spelt with an I or a Z. Those are the only two letters you're allowed to use. <laughs> <laughs> made deciphering essays very difficult very anyway your badges what badges did you have in your school i had uh, a plethora of badges a plethora. because i realized the easiest way to get badges was to join committees and clubs 
and nobody else wanted to join committees and clubs, but I quite liked the idea of joining committees and clubs. So I, I joined all the clubs um, that had badges. Um, not to get the badge, but I was happy that I got the badge once I joined. So there was a... I was a house captain. So I had a house captain badge that said house captain. Uh, yes. Um, our houses had their own badges. So I had a house badge, which was just a round red circle. Um, I was in the choir, so we got a badge that said choir. Now I remember that one was yeah. I've got these somewhere as well. They're in a pot. You, did you did you jingle gently as you walked down the corridor? No, but I, I I did get to the point where I had enough badges to arrange them on my jumper so they looked like a medal. Ah, I think you may have told our readers, listeners, watchers about this previously. Oh, I don't know if I have. Well, tell us tell us again for those. That... So I, so there was a point where I got enough badges. To arrange them like a medal. Yes, you already said that. (laughs) (laughs) Say it again. What did you do with them? How many badges did you have? And in what shape did you arrange them? Well, frankly, I had enough badges. And, you know, when you have enough badges, you can arrange them on your jumper, you know, clip them on. In the shape. Clippy thing. And of a banana. (laughs) And you have the top one, which was kind of a long one. And I think it said eco committee or something because we had an eco committee. Oh, yeah, we had an eco committee. That's right. And it basically involved looking after the school's allotment patch. Right. Um, which was great, because I, I got to bring a spade and a fork into school. Nice. Um, without anybody questioning why am I bringing a spade and a fork into school. <laughs> Unlike normally, when you did it anyway, but they did question. Unlike normally, where people used to always ask questions, why have you got a fork with you? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And they were like, why don't you join the eco-committee? Protection. Then you'd have a reason. <laughs> um, so I had a long one at the city committee and I had choir and I had house captain and prefect and whatever it was. And then the, the, the house one at the bottom, the circle, which oh, made it look like the dangly part of a medal. And I had these on my... T- and they look great. I mean, I'm I'm still... I would be impressed if I saw these now. <laughs> you know, if I saw a student walk past me, I'd go, you know what? You know, well done you. Go you. Go you. You've got a lot of badges there. You're living your best life right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my school was quite bad at that. I mean, we... we primary school actually had a really good house system and we didn't have badges for it but uh the houses were named after uh trees so we had oak ash oak ash beach and rowan um okay and what were you i was oak which i was very happy about i remember when it came time red uh, and in my mind oak was obviously gryffindor because you know of course. Like everyone oak. imagines they're in Gryffindor. Oak. They do. But come on. Oak tree, big, you know, strong, brave tree. I, I think that's a I think that's a fair link from oak trees to, to Gryffindor. Ash I think so. Was was Slytherin. Uh Ash were like Blue. Uh Ash was was it no uh yes, it was blue. Ash was blue. It has to be blue, because it's it's always blue versus red. That's how it works. And then yellow and green were kind of Yes, You're so right, they were yellow yeah. and green. How did you guess? Yes. Beach was beach was yellow and Rowan was green. And nobody cared about Beach and Rowan. Yeah, boring. Oak and Ash. Exactly. We had the same. We had Emerson, which was red, which was us. We were the goodies. Yeah. We had Wycliffe, which was blue. And they definitely were the baddies. I mean the parents <laughs> literally looked like um, <laughs> Lucius Malfoy. Malfoy. <laughs> they literally looked like. I'm not joking. They, they picked did. their children up in a big black hearse, and they, <laughs> they weren't far off. Um, and then there were the other two. Just uh, what were the other two? I can't remember. Carol and um, Karen. I can't. I can't remember the fourth one. Marjorie. Because it's, un- it's unimportant. Marjorie. Marjorie. Um, Damn it. What was it called? <laughs> there was. 
Useless oh. house, loser house. Steve, have I said Stevenson? Yeah, Stevenson and Carol were the, the two kind of non-entities, yellow and green. Are these named after just great British figures? Like Lewis Carroll, Robert Louis Stevenson? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Who were the other two? Wycliffe, as in the Bible translator. I assume so, and Emerson, who I can't remember what he did, but he was he was obviously a good egg. Ralph Waldo, he's American. Yeah, uh, but but we we did care, we did care about it. Like it, I, I do remember getting house points. You know, it was a thing, and you did want your house to win, and it did encourage yeah. you to do good work. But when we got to secondary school, that wasn't so much of a thing, because as previously mentioned, my middle school was on two sites, and so it was more east and west were the kind of the houses, and they were actually mm. you know buildings that that you that you inhabited. But they didn't there was really a make, great divide. Yeah, but they didn't give. There was no such thing as house points. So there wasn't any kind of, you know, there was a there was a very healthy rivalry, but there was no sort of formalized structure. They didn't they didn't direct our natural tribalism into um, cajoling us to do good work. Which, when you think about it, is all houses is. It's like it's like divide oh, and conquer, divide et impera, isn't it? It's like <laughs> yes, and and being a house captain was fantastic for one reason: you got to go and collect the trophy on prize evening. Ah, see, we didn't From have a stage. trophy, unfortunately. And and whichever house won got the trophy, and the house captain got to go and collect it and and do the glad handing, and you went got and, invited and the to hand. the and teachers' lounge for sherry afterwards. And I think it was a shield. Oh, it was fantastic because I'd always get the DT and the arched shield, and they always did one after the other, and I'd have to run round to to go and get the other one. <laughs> And the next award goes to Jerry Hart, and the one after that, and the one after that. Everyone hates him. Boo! <laughs> Boo, and I'm sat there smiling, yeah. surrounded by gold. I will eat silver. my dinner off one of my shields, for I have so many. You know, the next lunchtime I was there drinking out of the art cup, just having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Glittering with all your oh, badges. Did you, did you get the art cup? No, no, you did not. I got the art cup sip. I'm, what, what are you drinking? I'm drinking unset jelly, that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> Topical, topical <laughs> reference to the last episode. But yes, when we got to secondary school, they, so that was that. And then in the upper of my two secondary schools, uh, there was, no, again, no houses. But halfway through, they sort of decided in a you know community cohesion project sort of thing that it might help us to care a bit more about our work if they introduced houses. Yeah. But rather than doing the obvious thing, which was giving us houses, allocating us to them, and then giving us house points for our house based on good work... It was sort of had to be one of these nobody loses, everyone wins, everyone's Ooh. a winner, and taking part, pri- prizes for taking part type thing. I have no interest in that. No, so it didn't work because no, nobody, you couldn't win, so no one cared. And no one cared exactly. But the funny thing was that some bright spark decided to name the houses after battleships. So the houses were called Invincible, Endeavor. Yes. Um, I think Invincible actually is an aircraft carrier, if I'm not mistaken. Well, pardon me for not using the technical distinction. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Warships. Um, Endeavour HMS, Invincible. Her Majesty's ships. There was another one that was... Oh, Victory. Victorious. Victorious. Victory. Victory. HMS Victory is a ship. Victory, yes. And another one that's also famous that I can't remember that also began with E, I think. Yeah, Invincible is an aircraft carrier. I'm right. <laughs> HMS... <laughs> You didn't have an Ark Royal or something, did you? No, we didn't. But that meant that two of the houses were called Invincible and Victory, which was a bit daft, really, considering that they were supposed to be in competition <laughs> yes. with each other. And Victory has lost this year. Exactly. <laughs> Closely followed by Invincible, who was picked at the post by Occasionally Wins. <laughs> <laughs> by no one thought they could do it. <laughs> HMS by, Rubbish. Uh, HMS Plucky. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and there was a sort of a head boy and head girl situation, but again, it wasn't like... 
allocated by teachers. It was it had to be an election, which of course we had. We had interviews. About. Wow. We had we had interviews with the deputy head, where we had to put forward our case to be prefects, and so everyone applied to be a prefect. Well, not everyone, but the people who wanted to be a prefect applied to be a prefect, which in a school where your year group is thirty, was about half the year group went forward to this, and a few people went forward to also be head boy or boy school, so there was no head girl. Um, I should have applied for it. I probably got it. Um, <laughs> You'd have made papers with that, wouldn't you? They won't let me be the head girl. Discrimination. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so we had the head boy. Then there was a deputy head boy, and then the, pre- the prefects were were a general group. And um, I I was a prefect. I didn't get any higher than that, which was upsetting. But you didn't get the badges to jingle with. I I, I got the prefect badge. I didn't get the head boy badge. What did what did which was prefect fine because entail? the um not very much um out of school where there wasn't very many children. I think we just basically we got to stay inside at lunchtime. Oh, that's worth interviewing. And for. we got to, uh, exactly, and we we basically spent the whole of lunchtimes telling everyone else not to come inside whilst we stood on the heated radiators and they were out there in the in the cold <laughs> that's such a talking of marxism or whatever that's such a kind of pre-revolution russia image isn't it you standing oh, inside with the warmth and the coziness. So. get out no peasants. you may not enter stay outside young child <laughs> the warmth is out the snow is not cold this year it's warm snow go enjoy <laughs> exactly that's very strange um so that was worth it that was good but yeah, we had we had to interview, which is so as it, was, it should it was, be. Like it should be. It was good practice because the idea was you were practicing to yeah, interviewing for a job. You had to put forward your case as to why you were the best qualified. Yeah. Obviously, I'm a child. Um, can I stay inside? Yes, yes, you can. That's exactly all we wanted you to say. Perfect. Well, <laughs> grovel. Yeah. yeah. But no, you quite. I, get that. I mean, I definitely understood that there was a need for programs and systems that gave those kids who were not otherwise encouraged and and affirmed encouragements and affirmations absolutely see that but equally the fact that the entire system was premised on everyone wins as far as that sort of thing it's not setting anyone up for life either is it well i don't because in the real world not everyone when you go for a job interview not everyone who interviews gets the job no you actually have to better yourself in order to present yourself better in order to get what you want which is a tough thing to teach children, but I think not teaching them is worse than teaching them. It. I, I I sense the Daily Mail comments section rising rising up with this. <laughs> These kids, they don't understand the real world. Back where I was, I lad. think, Coal I think mine. children should fight to the death in order to get a seat in a classroom. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Only the ones whose parents can provide them with the highest quality weapons will get exactly, education. Exactly. Just like yes. in the real world. Mother only got me a two two rifle this year. I was beaten by a, a slightly older child with a seven two six caliber semi automatic machine gun. <laughs> in the hung- Damn capitalism. In the Hunger Games of education, I failed sadly. But at least now I've had a few lessons from the school of hard knocks and real life, and I shall be well set up for the real world. I love that. Exactly. You always know someone's an absolute mentalist when their Facebook says "University of Life." <laughs> what you mean yes. is I'm horrible. I'm an yes. absolute douchebag and I will explain to you why you're wrong oh, on everything. Gosh. Let's let's end this uh, walk down the school memory lane, down the, the memory corridor. Down the, the corridor of memories. The corridor of mems. Sampling the classrooms of thoughts gone by. Thoughts gone by and sausages in pockets and other such scenarios. 
Oh yeah. That we have passed through, and uh, uh, maybe maybe a closing thought about school in the late noughties and early nineties, late nineties and early noughties. Uh, school uh, overall, I, I enjoyed school. I, I look back, and I there was uh, times where people weren't very friendly, and the rest of the children were horrible. But generally, I enjoyed learning, and I had a pretty good time. Good. Well, I'm glad that that's the case. I really did not enjoy it and would quite happily never step foot in the doors of a school ever again. And that's good. That it, between us, we cover the full experience. Yeah, we follow the full, on average. Eh. <laughs> yeah, we, we level out <laughs> at a strong meh <laughs> meh. And, uh, and well done. Uh, Educators of Britain, we salute you. Uh, well done. You do a good job. Uh, but uh, children brother, of Britain, brother. you're horrible. We don't like you at all.